Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you see someone, somebody's body just splayed out on the wall above you, yeah, that was that was intense. That actually. yeah, it was because it was it was gory, but sort of in a beautiful way. Yeah, which is very, very weird. On a less gory note, we also haven't talked about the fact that Tessa Thompson turns into a flower in this film. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a good laugh out of that. Hello from me. Hello to you. This is episode seventy-two. Hello film fans, thanks for listening today. The film we're going to be reviewing is... Annihilation. And that was, of course, the wonderful Kobe. Our guests today are Harry. Hello. And John. Hello. Come find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. Visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us an awesome review. So all films were available on Netflix at a time recording, guys. Just as a bit of a warning, there is some bad language and there will be spoilers. You have been warned. Hello and welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Today our guests are Harry and John from the Beyond the Box Set podcast. If you would like to say hello and uh, tell our lovely listeners a little bit more about it. Hello. Well, Beyond the Box Set is a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. So, for example, Titanic 2. What would, that, what would that be like? What was your pitch for that one, John? Um, I pitched a weird one where Kate Winslet's character starts seeing Leo as the ghost of Leo around, and it's like she she starts wondering if it's all in her head or whether it's actually real. So it's kind of a psychological horror kind of vibe, which I'm quite proud of to this day. <laughs> I think they should make it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we we do films like that, or even a bit more uh, a bit more serious films like Three Kings. Yeah. So uh, is that serious? Is that more serious than the Titanic? I mean, one is billed as a comedy, one is not. <laughs> okay, bad, 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 uh, bad. Okay, I was just trying to yeah. find a reason to get you to talk about how you guys came on our podcast. Yeah, we came on your podcast. And we did. did. Yeah, we did we the Three Kings. Three Kings to the table. And we came up with some sequels. Slightly ropey sequels. <laughs> well, these guys did a better job than... They did, the, yeah. yeah. Well, we are they professionals. They did research. Yeah, <laughs> we have been doing it for 70 weeks in a row. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever had a situation where it's just been like, no, there's just no chance of a sequel? Yeah. or yeah, uh, we. So w- when we first started, we started to do about six episodes before launching, yeah. just so that when we went live, there's a few to choose from. Um, and one of those episodes, I think episode four or five, uh, John, you picked Brokeback Mountain. I did, yeah. And uh, I think that beforehand, I'd be turning up to each episode with almost no preparation, and I was just like, I can wing this; it'll be fine. And I got to this one, and I was like, John, I've got nothing. I just, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I just absolutely, I, I can't record this. And so we had to call it off completely. 
and I had like a three week mental breakdown. <laughs> I was just like, I just can't write about cowboys. What? Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so we just gave up on that and instead, instead picked the fifth element. And somehow that managed to work out fine, and uh, it's not been easy ever since. But uh, I think that, you'd, you could probably that, that was the only time we missed a recording date. But we hadn't launched yet, so we're fine. Yeah. Since we launched, we've not missed a week. I think you could probably do the Brobert Mountain now, though. I think it was just it was it was a learning curve. I think. Yeah, I, I think I could. Although I, I learning I your craft at that point. Yeah. yeah, I do have to say I am still struggling. Like uh, tomorrow, we're recording Spice World, mm-hmm. and uh, I have no idea what I'm doing yet. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all come out in the end, though. Part of the process. Like sequel to Spice World. Goddamn. Well, we're talking about Annihilation. Sorry, that was Harry doing most of the talking. This is yeah. John. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, we're talking about Annihilation, which was your choice, Harry. Yes, it was. Uh, can you tell us why you chose it and give us a two-minute synopsis? Okay, well, I chose this because I well, I was essentially just browsing Netflix a couple of weeks ago, saw this and put it on. Um, I'm a big fan of Alex Garland. Um, have any of you seen one of his previous films, Ex Machina? Ex Machina is we yeah, have, one, yeah, yeah we've, we've, um, it's been we've on this, on. this oh, here episode. Yeah, have you seen it, John? Not yet. No, it, I know it's something because we mention it a lot on the podcast, so it is mm. something we should watch at some point as an episode. Well, we, we could do it on a podcast, yeah, certainly. That would be that would be, be great for a sequel good, as well. Yeah, sequel. Yeah. sequel it's been on the shortlist for a while. Maybe after this musician's season we're currently run has ended, mm-hmm. maybe it's time. Yeah, and mm. this one actually, Annihilation would also be quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd give Annihilation a watch, and I was blown away by it and so I thought I'd bring it here see what anybody else thinks about it I, I don't know why I said blown away because that's, that's a bit strong um, yeah I was, gonna, I was already I was like five 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 across the board for you but <laughs> by the way you retracted that hmm. <laughs> well no I'm just uh, just concerned that someone else might have a uh, an, an opposite statement of not liking it and then I've just said blown away and, uh, Defend your opinion. Yeah, no. Uh, wear your heart on your sleeve. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I was blown away by this movie. Yeah. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Good. Fantastic. Just bear that you know you're in London now, so people will beat you down. <laughs> um, so Those what kind of opinions might fly in Leeds? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, in the north, people say hello to each other, and you know, give the nod. In London, we just push each other down the yeah. stairs. There are times I nearly push someone into the tube line. Damn fucking way. Uh, sorry. Whoa. Whoa. Calm down. Yeah. Calm down. Um, Slow walkers. Uh, yeah. What, slow, and then what happens is there's two slow walkers. Break one, their toes. One behind another. And the slightly faster slow walker tries, then starts to overtake the slower walker. Oh, and they take, and then, they take your overtaking space. Yeah, they take... Oh, and that is... Tell you what, I'm surprised you wars bath, haven't bath started. through the middle of them. That's, yeah, I should do that. They're just enjoying the view. You know, life life moves pretty quickly. Sometimes you need to slow down and enjoy the view. That's very you cool. Want to. You, yeah, you, you can't, people from Leeds. Yeah, you can't down here with your, yeah. No, true. Wouldn't last five minutes. Leeds yeah. is great. It's nice and relaxed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I really want you to do this. So can you sum up Annihilation then? Yeah, two minutes. Two minutes. You've got two minutes. Two minutes. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so there is... It, the film opens with like like a meteor or something we can't really see, but just some something coming and crashing into Earth, and it crashes into the base of a lighthouse. And then I think we pick up like a few weeks later or some time later. Mm-hmm. And Natalie Portman, does she get enlisted by the by the army or something? Well, her husband comes back from the dead. Yeah. Oh yes, that's it. <laughs> her husband comes back from what she thinks was like a tour like a few a few months ago. Well, he's been missing, presumed dead or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so. That's a big emotional thing. I didn't actually get that the first the first time that we saw it. I didn't get that it was him or something. All oh, right, sure. Um, so the husband is played by Oscar Isaacs. Worth mentioning. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Sorry. Yeah. A lot of people put an S on the end of his name. There isn't one. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll stop trying to help. You carry on. <laughs> hey. 
yeah, and so then she gets taken to this base where um, suddenly her scientific knowledge comes in conveniently handy. Well, I should say Oscar Isaac, um, his character has a massive kind of aneurysm. Something goes deeply wrong with him mm-hmm. from initially he's missing an action. Suddenly he appears from nowhere and suddenly he's in an ambulance mm-hmm. and then oh, they're yeah. taken to the base. Yeah. Oh, yes. And the ambulance gets in a police chase. Yeah. yeah. That was weird. Intense. <laughs> I liked it. I should say that if that's the weirdest part of this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, there's the shimmer. Yeah, so this army base is just on the edge of this shimmer thing, which looks like somebody's just poured dish soap into the air. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? No, it's no. true. Um, I hope that's what Alex Garland said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what to, I've seen here, guys, yeah, yeah. is, yeah. You remember, you know, like Fairy Liquid? Yeah. <laughs> Hands did? Yeah, that, that song. Can we get like, that at Newman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Sorry, so we're interrupting your two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Thirty seconds left. Oh, and, and so and so the shimmer <laughs> is the shimmer is this uh, this place that seems to be expanding that they can't get into. So they can't uh, take any sort of readings off. They don't know what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. They've lost all contact with anybody in there, and the people they've sent in only one person's returned. Yeah, and clearly in some kind of state. And a time moves differently in there as well. We don't know that at that point. Okay, I, I don't think because yeah, um, and so they're going to send a team. Um, they're going to send a team in, which Natalie Portman volunteers to join, and uh, adventures ensue. Fair enough. Mm. So a crack force, a crack women's squad, well, female squad. Or female squad, yeah. yeah. Um, should we talk about Oscar Isaac in the first place? Oh, sure, yes, yeah. please. Yeah. Let's start with the man in this, in this female-led film. In this female-led <laughs> film. But the twist is, have you, have you, are you aware of the term fridging? to be fridged I did wonder you just send this in the notes what is fridging yeah, I, was like, I have no idea what you're on about so fridging is like typically in a in a, like a superhero film such as most recently like Deadpool the male character decides to go on the path of destruction because his female a female character daughter wife mother is killed or um, injured or something like that so they go out to wreak revenge and that's their motivation for oh, it oh I see and it came from a storyline where a female character in the comic book was actually put in a fridge mm-hmm. and that was the motivation for I can't remember which, co- which character it was that actually went out and did that so f- to be fridged is that kind of scenario and typically it's the female character that's fridged sure uh, in this case it was Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. who right. was um, fridged and that was the main that's the reason for Natalie Portman to want to go into the shimmer mm-hmm. um, and I thought that was an interesting re- role reversal there or gender reversal so Oscar Isaac is uh, he's not even building this really is he I didn't know he was going to be in the, in the story I knew he was in it. Um, I was expecting him to be in it a lot more, but I assume, presumably, because he was well, because he was filming Star Wars at the same time. Mm. I think that was probably why he's slightly less. Um, I mean, he's. But does a does a story? What would more would he have done? I don't think he would have added no. more time to it. Would he? No. I mean, his his character is is not in the rest of it he's mm. in it obviously at the start to set the scene um, but he, you know he's great in it I'll watch anything and, with him and mm-hmm. and obviously he's worked with Alex Garland before yeah Ex Machina mm-hmm. he was great in that by the way yeah, yeah that, but, I mean that film is that was the fantastic. bit where I realised that he was, he was the guy in Drive because um, yeah. he well he looked, oh, he, you, okay because he, he pretty much looks the same as the, the character he's playing in Drive well he's got the same face same <laughs> <laughs> okay, big like big beard. I'm talking about big beard and like very very short I hair. Got a beard in, in Drive, yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. so. Okay, oh, yeah. Um, whereas in like say Star Wars or something, he's looking much more like he does in this. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was weird. I think like my second time watching Ex Machina or something, I suddenly realised that the guy in Drive 
he's the same actor as the guy in Star Wars. I, I thought they were two completely different actors. It was really weird. Um, Oscar Isaacs and Isaac, Isaac Oxcar, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Natalie Portman's character, she is a super, super brainy ex-army scientist, biologi- biologist. Mm-hmm. Um, but she decides to go into the Shimmer to try and see if she can help Oscar um, get better and find out what happens and then bring that back out into the into the world to help her husband, basically. I mean, what do you kind of make of that kind of storyline, the, the fridging aspect and going into into the Shimmer? I think it's kind of, as you said, it's, it's a nice reversal because so much you see that where it is the the woman is fridged for the man. And I did appreciate the fact that this was a film with a, basically four female leads. Like mm. all of the four army people are women. So you've got Natalie Portman, you have Tessa Thompson, uh, Jennifer, yep. Jennifer Jason Lee, who I always enjoy seeing. Mm-hmm. And Gina Rodriguez was, was it the fourth yeah. one from, um, what's that film? What's that sitcom she's in at the moment? I forget. I don't know. I've no, she, she's I've seen her. She was, she's in a, hit sitcom I can't remember what it's called now the something virgin anyway it doesn't matter uh, but yeah I appreciated the fact that it had like four women in roles that didn't they weren't necessarily written as women like they were obviously but they didn't it could be they, a, they, yeah. they were totally just pre- competent professional you know scientists slash military and the, their gender was just not an issue in the film at all which I really but it did subtly inform it I think in the way that they communicated with each other I think like the, the way the dialogue was etc and their relationships was maybe a little different than it if it was four males but it wasn't really beaten over the head. It was just, it, it wasn't like making a big thing about that. So. Yeah. Cause I thought it was quite interesting how, does anyone know about the, the production story with this? Was it for, were the characters always assigned as women at the start or was it a well, it's change? Based on a book, but only very loosely. I think he, I think he sort of said that instead of rereading it, he just decided to kind of take a few key ideas and just completely do different with these. So I don't know if originally in the book they were all women or not. Okay. Because there's one point where Natalie Portman's character, there's like a big crocodile that comes out mm-hmm. and the three other uh, ladies were kind of running scared or didn't know what to do and she just she just kneels down with a rifle, bang, 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 takes it out. Mm-hmm. Just competent, like you say, competent professionals. She was yeah. ex-army, she just knew exactly what to do and that's the kind of thing where, okay, if we're going to have one male character, it's going to be that one yeah. and that's the one that's going to be it's going to be that character that manages to take things down. Did anybody else really notice at that point how um, when you don't show something, it's really scary? Yeah. And then as soon as you, you show it, like as soon as you see the alligator come out, like, oh, it's That's just... nonsense. It's, it's just an alligator. It's, 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 not, it's not that scary. Like, yeah, it's still scary. Like, it's dangerous and that, but it's not that scary anymore. Or was it an alligator? Well, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> mutated alligator, I, I'm assuming. Highly yeah. mutated. I, f- I felt they could have played on the suspense a lot better than a lot longer yeah. than they actually did because it, they could have really could have you know stretched that out a lot more and kind of built because they built the tension quite quickly mm-hmm. and then you kind of have like that moment and then it's like oh well it is the alligator but they could have not shown it mm-hmm. and that would have been meant the next time it would have been even more suspenseful because you still don't know what's going on whereas by the time they'd got that you were like oh okay so that's these animals are kind of mutated versions yeah, which was i guess they needed to explain that because of the, then the uh, what happens later which is so so tense what did you guys think of that scene with the bear or oh, man bear pig yeah <laughs> well he's I, they've actually they named him homerton mm. because they 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 were sort of talking about bears and paddington bear is obviously cute and named after paddington station so um they decided <laughs> to homerton station yeah <laughs> so they named him after homerton do you think they just went down a list? Uh, King's Cross, no. Houston, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good name, right? It's probably yeah. Liverpool Street. Yeah, Old Street Bear. <laughs> no, but that scene was 
was great because it's not something I've ever seen before. Like, and it was so disturbing. Which mm. the bear scene or the the best? Well, the, the scene. Oh, sorry, where... hold on. There's two bear scenes. Which yeah. one? Which so, one? so there's the first one, I guess, where just somebody gets taken away by some mysterious animal, mm. and you just see their dead, mutilated body at one point. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then I guess it's it's 24 hours later. I think it is. So yeah, next when, day. Yeah, they, they've all been tied. They've all been knocked out and then tied up by. Gina Rodriguez's character, yeah. yeah, and which is you know scary enough in itself, but then suddenly you, you hear a cry outside, and she goes out to see that she goes out to look for the lost person that that uh, she thinks Natalie Portman has killed, yeah. and uh, then it's this terrifying bear, and they're just all tied down to chairs and they can't move. And the bear has the voice or the scream of agony of the yeah. woman it killed, which is so disturbing and so, yeah. so creative. I've never seen anything like that before. No, so. it's, yeah, you're right, incredibly creative. Yeah, um, that's just what I expect from Alice Garland. It's yeah. Just, yeah. That was my standout scene of the film, I think. That scene I think it's the standout scene yeah. of the film. Um, but just also terrifying. Oh, yeah. So I watched it with my housemate and uh, she has been terrified of that for weeks. Really? And I've just been tormenting her. It's been so much fun. <laughs> what, were you so, just doing the scream? Uh, do, <laughs> that's what well, I do. Doing, doing the scream a little bit, uh, sending her photos of that bear like in the middle of the night. Uh, <laughs> It's been good. She's moving out with the caption "night night." She's moving out at the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that convinced by the CGI on that bear when it, when it's kind of up close. Mm. I think really, this, so yeah. I think I and this is going to kind of allude to a small screen score. I think if I had seen this on the bigger screen, I would have been less convinced by the CGI. Some the, yeah, some, I, I I have to agree. I found some of it looked a little bit like video game cutscene mm. standard. Like I would, I expected a little bit better from a film that is like for the cinema. Or, you know, it wasn't written. It, this film came out, I think, only on Netflix. We will talk about that later, I think. But it was certainly written and produced for the big screen. And yeah. I did think there were certain scenes. I was like, considering Ex Machina was so successful, I would have expected a higher standard of CGI for the, for the film in general. I don't know why that didn't happen, but yeah. And we don't know how the production costs or anything. Mm. I don't know. I'm looking at Helen as if <laughs> you know these things. Are, are, are you Google? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought like yourself with the alligator, I think if it waited at least one more scene before it, then you, you then saw it, I don't think it would have taken anything. It would have added to, to the suspension because I was kind of, I was disappointed that suddenly Tessa Thompson's character was pulled into the hut, mm -hmm. dragged around by something we didn't see. And then 30 seconds later, the thing that dragged her into the hut was coming out and then it was dead. Yeah, yeah. It was like, ah, uh, the kid, the pacing probably could have been a bit nicer. I mean, that's the whole thing about Jaws, right? Is mm -hmm. you don't see the mm. fucking shark for most of the film. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that's my point there. I mean, we haven't really sort of said overall. What what did you sort of think overall? So we kind of picked out on bits. Overall, I thought more than passable. Not as good as I hoped it was going to be. And um, I loved a lot of things they did. I loved the fact that it's all female like characters and they were just they were just there because that was that was their role. Yeah, it um, felt like a refreshing change. Yeah, and I just think that's how it should be, like because that's what happens in life. You know, doesn't matter what race you are, gender you are, um, sexuality, what football team you support, just like oh, that ma that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like these these are people here and they're there to do the job, and I think these are the what people look like shouldn't really play a part in it. So when you turn things on its head like that. And that's what that's why I raised the point about the fridging thing. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting point that it's changed, but also it's an interesting point that it always seems to be the female character that gets fridged, and it just it just doesn't need to be that way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, generally I thought it's good, but not as I didn't have the bite that I wanted it yeah. to have at the at the at the crunch. Mm -hmm. No, I, no, I I felt it did, and I actually disagree with your comments on the CGI. Okay, um, I thought I thought that the film 
was beautiful. It's the the thing that uh, might look like difficult. Uh, sorry, might look like bad CGI mm. is the fact that none of it looks realistic because it's not. Yeah. Um, sometimes when you use CGI to make some to make something up that just doesn't look like something from the real world, there's no way that you can actually make it look realistic because it's just not. So. Yeah, because I guess this the whole thing, thing of this film is that the the world that they're in in the Shimmer mm-hmm. has it's become just... warped. And, you know, so, so actually, yeah, I think you, that that is a good point. What we might look at and be like, well, that doesn't look like what an alligator looks like. It looks a bit cartoony. Exactly. But actually, that's that's probably a very conscious choice. Actually. Yeah. Like also, if you look at um, was it was it a reindeer? Yeah, the deer with a bit when I was like, oh, this really looks like Final Fantasy novel. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it really did. You're right. <laughs> and, and I agree with your comments. That looks like a like a video game cutscene. Yeah. Um, but. Well, yeah, it does. And that's not a bad thing because some video game cutscenes look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and this one I do also think looked amazing, especially mm-hmm. that deer, which was still colourful and weird and then just yeah. like duplicated or something and ran off. Mm. Um, I still think, though, it could have... I mean, we've seen Jurassic Park here. If that was... Well, that's because, like, in our minds, we, we know what a dinosaur looks like. No, but that alligator didn't look that different. It yeah. just looked like a big alligator until she opened the mouth out and said it's got different sets of teeth in it. But I think it didn't look like it had the weight and heft of like a real kind of thing. Okay, sure. Maybe I need to watch it again. Yeah. Well, no, not necessarily. But I, 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 when, I'm not trying to obviously go against your point of view, but that's what, that was the kind of thing I was taking away. And when the when the deer ran off, um, they obviously still are based on antelope or deer or things like that. So we know how they move. We know how they mm. have a kind of feeling and essence of, of, mm-hmm. um, of movement. But it just didn't feel that right to me. Mm. Perhaps in the same way that like the earlier Spider-Man films, it didn't look to me like Peter Parker. Was, was a, there was a human character whilst they were swinging around. But, and that's only something that's been resolved for me in the in the latter Avengers, where I feel there's actually a bit more weight to the to the yeah to, to the character. Um, but that's I think that's me being quite picky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was a good. It felt to me like a feature-length Black Mirror episode in places. It really did. Well, mm. that's. Ex Machina is the same. Yeah, it definitely yeah. had that kind of vibe um, of like creating this kind of sci-fi what-if scenario and then just following it through. Um, yeah, I, I sometimes I struggle with Natalie Portman as an actress because I think she's a very good actress, but sometimes she's guilty of what I kind of call capital letters acting, where she's always like acting. Like she's always doing something very like methodical and you can kind of see the cogs wearing. And sometimes it really works, like in Black Mirror, if you put it in a really heightened scenario. But sometimes it's just a bit distracting. She's almost hammy in places sometimes. This film, I thought, actually, she was really good because she wasn't, she was playing quite a straightforward character. There wasn't really, she wasn't really making a lot of choices. Like there was, there was no crazy accent work. There wasn't really, it was just her playing a very strong, stoic character. And actually, she pulled it off really, really well. And as I said, I really like Jennifer Jason Lee. She didn't get loads to do in this, but I thought she had the her character was kind of one of the most interesting characters because you didn't really know what her motivation was particularly. She's like the, the one who's leading the yeah. the team, obviously. Uh, and so she had that kind of enigmatic quality that I really liked and that strength as well that she always portrays really well. And Tessa Thompson, we mentioned, is in a lot of really good things right now. Is great. And she's been in a Black Mirror episode, hasn't she, I believe? I, I was, no, you're probably thinking of Google and Battle Raw. From, was, she not in the, uh, she, was Tessa Thompson not in the one where the where it's a, it's a, where she's killed the child and then she has to relive? Was that not Tessa Thompson? 
She killed a child and what happened to her? It's an earlier one. Oh, when, white, when she, white bear. White bear. Was she that, not in white no, bear? No, that's not white. That's, that's uh, not Tessa that's Thompson. Lenora Critchlow. Oh, so I'm just mixing all these people. I do apologize. Okay. Um, <laughs> these people. These, oh, God. Oh, God. That's, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, John. Well, I've, I've, yeah, I'm just... Yeah, Lenora Critchlow hand me a shovel. I'll keep digging. Is a, is a British actress. Um, she was most famous from Sugar Rush. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, Tessa Thompson's American. She's And Tessa Thompson's only recently come to quite a prominence, but she's awesome and everything else yeah. you know. what do I know Tessa Thompson from then she was in Creed yes that's right yeah. um, Thor Thor Ragnarok yes yeah. you've not seen that I've not seen Ragnarok no but I've in, definitely seen another thing she's in Westworld that's it she's in Westworld yeah yeah so um, yeah there's some good okay. cool well apart from my accidental racism there, I, do ap- <laughs> I can't apologise enough um, hey John do you know who else is in this film who Benedict Wong yes yeah, BD, he is Benedict Wong he yeah. is yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Wong Yes, we, why did I say that? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we've been having a bit of a weird thing with Benedict Wong recently because you mixed him up with BD Wong. Yes, okay. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> what? It's an easy mix-up. Their names are so similar. Start with a B, end up in the Wong. Well, like BD, it's not far off from Benedict, okay. and then it's Benedict Wong. And what's also yeah, interesting it... is then in his character in Doctor Strange, he's just called Wong. Yeah. So same name, and then the other character in Doctor Strange is Benedict Cumberbatch. There's a lot of name similarities. In, okay. With Benedict Wong. And do, you, do you mix up Ice Tea and Ice Cube? <laughs> it's been no. Where, where, where would you get that from? <laughs> Call back to a different episode, guys, of a different mm. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can, yeah, I, I can, I can understand that BD Wong and Benedict Wong got mixed up. Mm-hmm. Benedict Wong, I love him because he's from Manchester. Oh, yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. The true North guys. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> but Benedict, it's great to see Benedict whenever, whenever you see him. Get him right. Get him right. right. <laughs> Don't get get. It so when you saw um, when you see Jurassic World and mm-hmm. those films, you know which one it is now. BD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Benedict's good. He's a good guy. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. do much in this film. No, does he? Qu- it's quite small parts. He's in. Um, Sun- he's in. Sorry, he's in Sunshine as well. So I guess he's a Alex Garland because Alex Garland wrote Sunshine. He didn't direct it, but he wrote it. So mm-hmm. I guess he's there's a bit of a through line there. He, he plays the officer in in that film as well so. that must be one of his earlier films then yeah probably yeah because yeah. I've, I've the first time the first time i saw him was in an episode about the it crowd was in the it crowd yeah Who was he? what was he doing it did um it's like streets countdown uh, oh man street countdown oh, so it was something yeah like no I, really... I remember him now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he just benedict wong in this uh is kind of the framing device he mm-hmm. kind of sets up the whole story through which Natalie Portman can tell why she's there and what she she's the narrative narrator but she she's narrating to Benedict mm-hmm. so been, he didn't he didn't actually need to be there really did he he's been in a lot of sci-fi mm. where have you got um well he was in he was in sunshine so that's a sci-fi and then he was also in moon was he in moon yeah and moon well done uh so, and then also boogie Prometheus he was in that I don't remember that. Yeah, forget that one. Uh, and The Martian as well. And obviously Doctor Strange. So he's he's kind of, he's got that sort of sci-fi face, hasn't he? Works very well in science <laughs> Works fiction. Works very well in sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> he's also in that, um, does he play Genghis Khan in something on Netflix at the moment? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. What? Um, but yeah, Benedict Wong's in it. Yeah. Great. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's the moral of that story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say before going into the scores? 
Um, well, I just want to say that I, I really enjoyed sure. it. I bought into everything about this. Um, it did kind of remind me of um, films like kind of like Solaris, Sunshine, The Thing, uh, and Under the Skin as well, which mm. are all films that I really, really liked. And we've not even kind of touched on what they kind of happens when they actually get to the lighthouse or when yeah, they I was get about near to say, them. Can we jump to the end? And of course, can. Yeah, um, and I. What happens? Yeah, I mean, I really like that it doesn't really offer any answers or explanations and it doesn't kind of give you anything and you can kind of left there to think about it yourself. And I like that. I like its ambition and I like the fact that it doesn't quite succeed in it as well. So I, I, I like, I was sold completely sold on it and really love the casting, really love the acting. Um, I'm with uh, Harry on kind of like the, the CGI. It, it did kind of look odd and weird, but then they're in this really odd and weird place. So why wouldn't it be odd and weird? And um, yeah, I just, and the ending as well. I mean, what's going on there? So what was it about the ending that you are uncertain about? Well, who, who's who? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so, so it ends where there's a reveal that they've done a big switcheroo yeah. and Natalie Portman is now this thing. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not the original human that went into the into the shimmer. It's something else. Okay. Um, like an alien or something. We don't really know. Uh, but how did that switcheroo happen? And yeah. also, that, that that scene sort of leading up to that whole thing was really interesting. Do you know what I think? Do they have Where that the thing, kind the of thing dance? Sort of, yeah, mirroring her sort of. Mm. Yeah, I love that scene. Mm. And the music as well, from kind of when they kind of get to the lighthouse, all of the music around that is really good. Mm. Just everything was so creepy and and weird. So are we 100% it was it was the alien that comes out? Is that what well, you Well, we're not 100%. Okay. Yeah. This is it. No, no, I mean, no, no, it no, no 100% be. on that because like her eyes shimmer. Like they, as, as she then hugs Oscar Isaac at the end, like both their eyes like change colour or something. Mm. I don't know. But I took that, I didn't necessarily take that to mean that it was just the switcheroo. It could have been. I think they'd left it ambiguous. I thought maybe she'd just been somehow changed by her time there, as had he. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, well, and they, it leaves that very open. Well, you see, obviously she tests her own blood, so she knows that she's absorbing the DNA from the other things around her. Mm. So I think it's not that clear, but... The, um, but was... the, the, this is one of the things that I like about it, is that mm. we were all like, well, we could have it, this. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't offer any kind of definite answer and you can kind of take it how you want. So the Oscar Isaac that she hugs at the end, what's your thoughts on him? Well, she asks him, doesn't she? She says, is it, is it the same you? And he says, I don't think so. Yeah. So it really is very ambiguous. Like it, feel, it doesn't feel like they're in cahoots. It's like, oh, we've, we've switched the two humans with the two aliens. It, it feels like, yeah, they've both been changed in some kind of primal, like at the, at the cellular level, mm. is, which is what happens in the film. So yeah, I feel like it's just, yeah, I think it's just very ambiguous and, and, and enjoyably so. I, I appreciate the fact that there's no answers to that. It's, you know, it did, again, it felt very Black Mirror with this very open-ended kind of finish, this haunting final shot. Cool. Maybe I need to watch it again. <laughs> maybe we all maybe, do. Maybe it's going to score high on rewatchability. Yeah. It was quite gory in places. It did have, yeah. Yes, it was. But The cutting open of the of the guy's chest to oh, see yeah, what's inside. Oh, that, that yeah, that bit. Was... I really like that bit. That's kind of alien thingy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, of like the thing that is in this film as well, kind of the questioning of madness and double crossing. What about the visuals of it? Yeah. Like when you see someone, somebody's body just splayed out on the wall above you. Yeah, that was that was intense, that actually. Yeah, it was, because it was, it was gory, but sort of in a beautiful way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is very, very weird. 
on a less gory note, we also haven't talked about the fact that Tessa Thompson turns into a flower in this film. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a good laugh out of that. that yeah, it's really that, beautiful, though. It is a lovely, lovely scene, yeah. That bit kind of took me out of it a bit because it seemed that it was on her own terms that she... Yeah. It seemed that everyone else was holding it together somehow and she just went... Fuck it! I'm going to turn into the flower. Well, and maybe I'm... there's like some sort of an instinctual thing. Yeah, possibly. At that point. Yeah. But I was confused because I thought that they'd set it up that um, these plants that are growing in the shape of humans, that it was human DNA has gone into the plants and told it what shape to to grow into. I, I didn't take it as humans are actually just turning into plants. I think it's just the absorption of DNA, almost like an osmosis, going in and out at the same kind of time. Mm. So you're taking in you're giving away your DNA, you're absorbing more in and it's just kind of what um, what's the most kind of close thing close to you and the influence to you at the time. I do think all of these things that we've been debating, I think this definitely does speak to the kind of writer that Alex Garland is because mm. admittedly I've not seen Ex Machina so it might not be true of that but he did write Sunshine and I felt Sunshine was similar. It was a film that had a lot of really interesting ideas that were really thought provoking but it didn't necessarily follow through and answer them all. Some In some ways to the good and in some ways as a bit of a weakness. I'm not a big fan of the last act of sunshine at all i think it's, it's, it, it, when it forgets into, what kind of movie it's, exactly it's like am i a horror film am i a science fiction film yeah am i a psychological thriller mm. and that's that's the only problem with with that but yeah, yeah. i'm but still this, yeah. i'm still yet to see sunshine yeah. it's amazing very very good so, yeah. sunshine and the thing or two on my list that uh yeah Helen, that's what you're Helen. doing tonight then isn't it <laughs> tonight i am uh, having to watch the wire but, what a shame but um, i'm a massive fan of alex garland so he also did the screenplay for the beach as well and oh, he yeah. also wrote 28 days later mm-hmm. so um he's it's got a, so got it's a good repertoire yeah, yeah. so i basically Works well with Danny Boyle, which yeah is a good thing. i mm. will watch pretty much anything that he puts yeah. his yeah but i think these answers on. these definitive answers we're looking for i don't think even he would know what they are and i think that's very yeah. conscious so mm. yeah i think less and less though people more and more people accept that it doesn't have to be an answer and things, and that's quite opening. And that that doesn't have to be a defining through line. It doesn't have to be a defining arc that's so strong in these things nowadays. And that's that's kind of freeing in a way. The first time I watched um, Donnie Darko, I just left it thinking, "Wow, I've got, what happened there?" And that's I had so, I spent so much time thinking about that film afterwards, mm. and that really like was almost. It, enlightening in a way so i really do appreciate it when the film does does do that and i really disliked i loved donnie darko it was one of my early favorite films but i really disliked the director's cut that came out afterwards because it over explains i haven't seen that and a lot of people said it takes so much away from it all the time travel stuff that's just touched on in the original film and it's it's kind of left you an interpretation it literally explains every single bit and there's so much exposition and it just ruins it for me it just takes all the mystery and the magic out of the film and i feel like if this film had answered all the questions that we're asking about why she's turning into a flower and what's actually happened who is Mm. who is natalie portman at the end then it wouldn't have had as much impact as when it just leaves you hanging with this like sense of the complete unknown so it's like when they um when they're making groundhog day they spent a lot of time trying to work out what's going on in this time loop, why he's in it. And then they kind of realise that if there, was, if there wasn't an explanation that made sense, then it, that would just distract from, detract from the, the rest of the point of the film. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just science or supernatural shit. Mm. Don't need to know. Punks are tawny. That's what's happening. Um, <laughs> what a quote that was. Science what? or supernatural shit, we don't need to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Guide to Writing. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's go on to the scores, I reckon. Yeah. 
So uh, this is the uh, spreadsheet of dreams, um, otherwise known as our score system. Yeah. Uh, they're all out of five, and you can go to a decimal place if you wish. Yes, as many uh, decimal places as you, you wish. Can do. And uh, should we just say you can have a zero? Although yep. I'd be sad if we gave out any zeros for this film. Um, <laughs> and uh, we will start with you, Harry, because it's your choice. So the recommendability score. I'm going to give this a four point seven five. Um, that missing 0.25 is just because some scenes are just too scary for some people. Like I, I Ooh, would, such as what? We didn't, I don't think we touched anything that's so too scary. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, children, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone under the age of about, I don't know, 14 maybe? Okay. Yeah. You can mentally scar a lot of people with this film. Well, it sounds like you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally driven a girl from her home. <laughs> I should know. I've been there. I've yeah. done that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John? Yeah, I would give this a 4.5. Um, I think you, again, the 0.5 I'd take away, because I think this is a very interesting quality film, really thought-provoking. The 0.5 is just for the fact that not everyone is particularly into this kind of sci-fi mm. film. And you know, in addition to the fact that some people might find elements upsetting, which I don't particularly care about. But um, <laughs> but some people just don't, you know, not this kind of film is not for everyone. Not everyone likes this kind of very open-ended sci-fi film. But if you do like this kind of genre, if you like Dix Machina, if you liked Sunshine, if you just like sci-fi in general and intelligent sci-fi in particular, you should definitely watch this. You'll you'll find a lot to enjoy about it. So, I really, really like this film and I think it should be seen by everyone regardless of whether they're going to enjoy it or not because oh, why not? And also... <laughs> because, I don't know, because in the same way if someone brings a film to the table and you know it's two and a half hours long and you're not going to enjoy it, then it's not a nice thing to oh, do. No, not just because of the length. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, if someone brings a film to the table, I'm still going to watch it. That's because you're bound to contractually. Well, this is it, yeah. Um, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. And I just think it's it's just got so much going on and a lot to offer. And, you know, the fact that it is kind of an all-female cast as well, I think mm. is really important. And they're not all white either is really important. And it doesn't kind of make a thing of it going, we're all women. It's kind of done in a, a natural way is really important is for life. filmmaking. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give it a five. Because I really Lovely. like it. I really like it. <laughs> I'm going to give it 4.15. What? Oh, wow. So I I, sorry, so, sorry, do explain. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I just know more people who would take against it than, um, than be up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, like I said, myself and Helen, I guess we rate, we rate differently. And if I have to add caveats to the recommendation, then it's not, uh, it's not an all and out, an out and out recommendation. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm, I'm, if I recommend this to people, it would be with caveats, and it would be to people. I wouldn't. There'd be certain people I definitely wouldn't even bother trying to explain what the film is about. Um, so that's why there's some taken away from it. Yeah, I'm just a bit more rock and roll. <laughs> that's the definition. Um, yeah, four point one five. Repeat viewing score. Harry, five. How many times have you watched it? Uh, once. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your well, most, I'm, what is I'm your re- most watched film? My most watched film. Yeah, mm. Oof, that's a tough one. Um, I think it might be Iron Man. Oh, okay, because Iron Man is my favourite film. And would the that first be first one? Would that be repeat mm. viewing score of five as well? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, well, this film Annihilation, I'm really looking forward to watching again, cool. and I think it's. I'm hoping it's a film that I would. I'm, I'm going to get more and more out of it every time I watch it. Similar to The Dark Knight, always learn something more when you watch it. Uh, I'm going to give it a 4.5. 
because actually Harry's taught me around on this one because when, when you were talking about the CGI that I found a bit, a little bit problematic, a little bit weak, mm-hmm. and then you talked, to, you, you kind of really explained really interestingly about why that is what it is and why it actually makes sense. But I think because I didn't know that, obviously when you're watching it the first time, you don't know what's happening until very closely. And so when you do see that CGI deer, you're like, oh, well, that doesn't look like a real deer. Yeah. But yeah, I think I'm actually really looking forward to rewatching it too, to actually appreciate more the ways it does play around with perception and reality without having that critical eye that's always looking out, that just can't resist always looking out for flaws in CGI. Mm. And actually, to be, actually, this is a choice and what is that choice giving us? And also with the way the film is in general, because the, with the, end, the open ending and everything and all the, the way it ends up, because... It takes a long time for you to get into the film before you really know what's happening. It is very ambiguous. So to watch it again, I'd be fascinated to see how much you pick up on earlier, how many hints it drops, and whether it makes the story as a whole easier to understand on second viewing. So, yeah, I think this will really reward multiple viewings. So, yeah, 4.5. And your most watched film? My most watched film of all time is Muriel's Wedding, which is also my favourite film of all time. And I, yeah, I adore that film. How many times do you think you've seen it? upwards of 50 conservatively like i've probably seen about four times yeah Yeah. if it's ever on tv i have to watch it and i'll watch it for pleasure multiple times per year i'm blanking on the on the main actress's name tony Tony collette yeah she's she's got a new film at the moment hereditary it looks fabulous i can't wait looks scary for me Mm. (laughs) (laughs) it does look scary Mm -hmm. um helen fabulous Um, so i've seen this twice because I saw it when it premiered on Netflix because yeah. I couldn't wait any longer um, for, to see yeah, it. Because no one was suggesting it for this here podcast. So thanks, thanks, thanks for picking it, Yay. finally. Yay. I saved the day. Um, and then I watched it uh, the other day. Um, I'm not sure whether enough timers had elapsed. I would have liked to maybe a little bit longer to have elapsed, but it definitely is, it's a completely different experience watching it the second time round, but really rewarding as well. So I felt the first time round, I was just kind of so like wowed by everything and you kind of really don't know what's going on and how it's going to go. And then when you kind of, you can remember roughly what happens and when, you can just kind of get lost in things a little bit more Mm. and really just kind of like, focus in um like when they're looking at all the flowers you know that nothing crazy is going to happen next mm. so you can kind of look and explore and i don't know it's it's i think they and then again i think when i watch it again i'm probably going to have a, a different experience with it just because it's, it's such an interesting film and you can you can also focus a little bit more on each character and think about why they've chosen that mission mm. uh, based on their kind of background and then that's kind of affects how they meet their demise in, in, in the Shimmer as well, based on, you know, their personal stories and things. So that's really interesting. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to put that in a score. Um, <laughs> four, I think, for that one. Repeat viewing, that was what it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Seeing as you've asked both of us, can I ask, what's your most watched film? Um, I'm not... A fight, fight Club, yeah. Fight Club? Yeah, yeah it is Fight Club, it must is, be. Is that also your favourite film, would you say? Um, or have you not picked a favourite? Yeah, I think I think it might be. I don't. The, the only that's what that's that's when you normally claim to be your favourite. Yeah, a, when that's asked. A stock answer. Yeah, so it's a good choice. Very yeah, good it's a strong one. I watched it maybe a few months ago. Oh, I watched it when it came on Netflix. That was it. Because mm. I do have it on. I've got two copies of DVD. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went through a phase where I watched it about three or four times a week. 
<laughs> just, just three or four times a week. Yeah, you know, just wow. Just it's great. Sounds you like you're in a dark chapter in your life. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> you must know that film inside out. I do. Out. Yeah, I've also seen like the director's commentary of it, like maybe three or four times. Have that's ever, that's ever, really interesting. Have you ever dreamt it? I once dreamt a film. I once fell asleep mm. watching Star Wars Episode Two, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Easily done. And at the time, I knew it so well that I just dreamt the rest of the film. <laughs> it was really weird. How did you know you were asleep? Because I was facing the wrong way. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't looking at the telly at this point. I fell asleep just looking at the couch and just fell asleep okay. and carried on watching the film, seemingly. That sounds like a quite a pleasant way to watch that film. Yeah, what, not asleep. watching it. Yeah, just, just comatose. Yeah. Yeah. Not. yeah, that's how I like to live my life. Um, I'm going to go for a three in this. And that's a... I should definitely watch it again because I think there's things to take away. But how often I'll watch it after that, I think will be limited... Mm. And it's, it's, it's a couple of hours long as well, isn't it? It's uh, an hour 55. Yeah. That's not two pounds. Yeah, but still not not a nice, concise 40, uh, 85. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so three. Mm-hmm. Um, small screen score. Harry. Hmm, now, I, I thought it was very nice, but I would have loved to have seen this in the cinema. Yeah. So I don't really feel I can rank this that highly mm-hmm. for a small screen score. What have I, have I put there? I think I'll put a three. Okay. Because... It did still look great, but you know, my, my TV's decent enough so I can still appreciate it. But if somebody were to watch it on their phone, on a train, it's not going to hold up, is it? That's it. You should never do people. that. Well, I, th- I think, I think yeah, you should never do that. You're a monster if you do. I did once watch for the podcast because I just had no other time. I was forced to watch 2001 A Space Odyssey on my laptop on a screen, <laughs> which has got to be the most pointless, no. worst way to watch that. Oh, movie. Not so bad. I thought you were going to say on, your, on that on iPhone your there. iPhone, yeah, that yeah. might have been worse, but yeah. Oh, dear. Didn't but really get the best of it. it. I put it next to your face, so it's like <laughs> IMAX. But yeah, as with uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, this film relies so heavily on its visual effects. I think that you, you're not going to get quite a lot out of it if you were to watch it in a, well, on a phone or mm. on, on, on a bad TV. If I could pay to see this in a cinema, I absolutely would. It would be great. I'm, I'm quite sad that it never had a cinema release. John? Yeah, um, I had the same thought. It's interesting that this film, because it was very much made for the cinema and they were very disappointed with the way it turned out. I believe... It you mean the too- way they were? You mean the way it wasn't released for cinema? Yeah, I'm, I, I, yeah. They, the people who made it, the director Alex Garland and mm. the producers, it was very much made as a cinematic experience. But because I think the studio didn't have any faith in it because it was so it had complicated. A poor test screening. Uh, yeah, it, it tested poorly with the audiences because you know it, people, people people are idiots. The public are idiots. Mm-hmm. But and the, yeah, it was very much there was a sense that this, there's not. It's just throwing good money after bad to put this in the cinema. So it got buried onto Netflix, unfortunately. Not that Netflix is a bad thing. Obviously, Netflix is a fabulous venue, but I do think that the visuals of this film I would love to see on the big screen. Be yeah. interesting to see. I mean, getting put straight to Netflix is the modern day equivalent of straight to DVD. Straight, straight to video. I think that's not so true. No, no, because I think this this films are brought out by Netflix that will, they want because Netflix got it's got such a massive uh, viewership that things that wouldn't get any traction in the cinema typically. Mm-hmm. Um, put them on Netflix. Things like the film set in West Africa that we saw, that we had. Beast of No Nation. Yeah, Beast of No Nation. Mm-hmm. Things like that where Netflix brought it out and it got a far bigger... Um, yeah, reach. Reach because of, because it was on Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, so things I think things like that and indie films work there. And I think documentaries work really well on Netflix as well as the first outing. It's going to keep happening more often. Yeah. Because... It's you, you can reach a global audience in one night. 
Mm. And, you know, you're getting directly into, you know, people's homes and things. It's So some yeah, some directors actually want it because then they can Let's reach a much bigger audience. Yeah, straight away. You know what I would really like, actually? I'm going to do a little business pitch here. I would like a Netflix cinema. So I don't know how this would work financially, but you, a cinema you could pay mm-hmm. to watch something that's on Netflix on a cinema screen. But that could be... You could just do that because that's... What, I mean, a lot of the shops on Oxford Street or Oxford Circus or in the centre of London, they make no money, but it's just there as a flagship thing. Sure, yeah. So Netflix could quite happily have like a small cinema... There's that, no, not the Odin and Panton Street, because I like that cinema, because it does good stuff independent-wise, but there's that, um, there's some odd little cinemas in Soho way, which can't be doing that much business. Mm-hmm. And that could be a good, like, Netflix So, so basically, they release the, f- the films on Netflix, and then, say, every Wednesday, they'd put, like, Netflix on the big screen, so you could go and see it. Well, no, just, be, just or, Netflix. Or just the Netflix cinema. Yeah. yeah. And it would have- so you could, you could watch anything, like... The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I was just thinking that, yeah, I just wanted that <laughs> in full. Um, but no, you, you, you've made good points there about Netflix not being straight to DVD, so I, uh, mm. I, I retract my comments and I feel I've learned something. <laughs> <laughs> chastened, chastened. It's not like, some are, some things are buried there. That, mm-hmm. um, Bright. What? Br- the Will Smith thing. Brides? Bright. Oh, Bright, oh, yeah, yeah, the Will Smith one. Yep. Mm. That was just shit. From what, all accounts, I've not seen it. No, I haven't seen it. I think, the, I think Cloverfield Paradox is proper buried there for no, from all accounts this annihilation but still a lot of people watch that though yeah this this is is thing. I think there annihilation was, an was probably one of the highest rated things that people like well what's this on Netflix for straight away mm. um, sorry John what was your oh mine was free three Hello. scoring low on small screens yeah I mean I'm also going to go for a three I, I would have paid to go and see this at the cinema mm. I, w- I think I would have enjoyed the experience as well um you know, it is on Netflix and um, it's quite nice to have a new release film on there. I think it's interesting and uh, I kind of hope that maybe they do it more with films that, you know, maybe would have had a limited release or I just kind of like this idea that everyone can go and watch it on at eight o'clock on a particular day when it's released online or something. Yeah. I'm going to go higher because I don't think... I would have gone. And, I would definitely have gone to see it in the cinema, mm-hmm. but I. You I think still the smaller think, the better. <laughs> you know the ones. You know when you go to <laughs> Empire Leicester Square, when you, you walk up the stairs into the cat and or down the stairs into the catacombs, and you end up like a, with a ten-seater screen the size of that. <laughs> I would have been disappointed to pay for that actually, but yeah, I don't think I. I generally don't think the the visuals were that amazing and outstanding. So I think it works okay. Um, better than you guys on a small screen so I'm going to go 3.8 I reckon 3.8 uh, engagement score Harry mm. 4.7 I think I wasn't engaged instantly I think the, the moment that I suddenly got engaged was where um, was it Tess Thompson gets snatched by the alligator yeah um, that that was the moment of just like I mean, whoa, bit of shock, and something's happening. Okay. Because before that, nothing was really happening. It was just it apart, was set up. Apart from Oscar Isaac's coughing up blood, that yeah. was quite a moment. I guess, yeah. But <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean, at that point, I wasn't I wasn't really invested. Okay. Like yeah. I, I wasn't sold from the first moment. Sure. You know, Tessa um, Thompson gets eaten by the croc or grabbed by the croc like an hour into the movie. So that's that- a high score for half a movie you found actively unengaging. <laughs> Sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, but, so uh, at the start of the movie is low, but there's 
And the second half is that off the scale. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. It, it pays off, I think. It, it, it builds it up. So as an average, 4.7. Okay. <laughs> uh, John? I'm going to say 3.9. Because I did think it had its, uh, it definitely had its ups and downs. I agree that the start was quite slow. It took a while, not as long as you, but it took a <laughs> while for me to kind of, you know, get into it. I think it, for me, it probably was when Oscar Isaacs had his fit and was coughing up blood. I was like, well, what's this? Mm. Um, You're all putting the S back on his name. Sorry, Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac. Um, and then, yeah, towards, towards the end, I did find my mind was wandering slightly in certain places, just as it was building up to conclusion. Again, knowing now how it ends and what, what story it's telling, I might find it more engaging on a second viewing because I'll be understanding where it's all building towards, whereas because it doesn't tell you too much about what's actually happening until the very end, even then it's not clear. It does kind of maybe, yeah, the, the, there were times when I just kind of slightly tuned out. So. Uh, Helen. Sorry, just sneezed. Um, God, it's kind of tricky. I've, I was really, really, I was sold on it from kind of the start um, just because... I just wanted to know where it was going to go and really interested to see what was going to happen with it. Um, but it is, it does take a bit of a while to get going. And then when it does get going, everything does kind of happen quite fast paced. So maybe they could have made that a little bit slower mm-hmm. and brought in a bit more action a bit sooner. It would even the, the pace out a bit. It does feel a little bit rushed as you get towards the end. Yeah. Um, in terms of engagement, uh, I'm going to do 4.5. I'm going to go for 3.9 with John. Um, I think I'm I think I'm the opposite of you guys. I actually was more engaged at the start than I was towards the end. And I think the, the kind of CGI aspects took me out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's a CGI thing specifically. I think it's once you see what they're looking at kind of aspects took me out of it. Because I like the build up, but like the kind of what the hell is this shimmer thing that they're going into. Like the fact that you don't know what's going on with Oscar Isaacs. And that kind of builds you in. But then once you actually see the alligator then it kind of be, you kind of lose that illusion that you've put in your own brain. And I think perhaps the CGI thing for me is that there's no way it's going to compare with what I've got in my mind as to what's actually going on in, in the mm-hmm. shimmer. Uh, so that's when the disconnect comes. Um, so 3.9. So, yeah, 3.9. And that gives an overall score of 4.04. Yes. Yes. That's pretty strong. Got into yeah. the four, Mark. Got into yeah. the four. It's a good um, score. Well done. So let's go to the Twitter uh, where so we ask people uh, before we record a film, we say we're reviewing Annihilation have, with Beyond the Box set in this case. Have you seen it? We'd love to hear your thoughts and include them on our podcast, Flix Watcher. If so, give us your five star rating, a short review, and yeah, retweet. Um, so we had a few responses from this. So Harry, do you want to take the first one from Death by Film? So Death by Film said uh, three stars. A lot to like in this movie, but there are quite a few things I couldn't get past, including the ending. And it's, uh, and, and it's not because it's weird. I like that part of it. I also, I also didn't think the visuals are as good as everyone says. Uh, John, do you want to take a second one? Sure. So, hey, down in front at HDIF <laughs> underscore podcast said, really enjoyed Annihilation. Definitely not a perfect movie with some things that didn't fall into place. But hey, it's sci-fi. <laughs> if, you don't have to, if you don't have to use your own imagination to fill in some of the blanks, they're doing it wrong. Four stars. Nice. Yeah. Helen, do you want to say the last one? Yeah, so the last one is I want you to watch this. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to read their thing out because you can probably work out what that is. Um, we just did Annihilation recently. It's both incredibly depressing and unsettling and absolutely gorgeous all at once. Definitely five stars. Cool. Yeah, well, thanks, guys, for 
Twitter sphere for your responses. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of tallies with um, what our responses What we've said, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find the film that depressing, really. No, no. Depressing's not the word I'd use. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not positive. It's, no. not, it's not a happy film. Yeah, it's kind of moody, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Like a teenager. Yes, it's a moody teenager. <laughs> <laughs> moody Groot right um, guys let me know. Let us know where we can find you online and uh, who you are just as a reminder we are Beyond the Box Set um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter YouTube Spotify iTunes Google Play I don't normally do this bit um, just, just search Beyond the Box Set on all those or go to beyondtheboxset.com our website oh yeah yeah that that, that thing well. you built that. yep that thing I built and they will be there in the show notes as well guys so fantastic do just scroll down a bit further bit more and click mm-hmm. in fact maybe we'll put you guys at the top this time maybe no promises maybe okay well um, thanks for coming on guys it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for having us no worries yeah thank you bye bye, bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to Flixwatcher Podcast. Um, please do come and find us online. We're on Twitter at FlixwatcherPod. Come and visit our website, flixwatcher.tv. Thank you so much to our fantastic editor, Brendan Russell, for his fantastic editing skills, of course, and to Mighty People for the tunes you can hear right now. <laughs> <laughs>